What a weekend of football it was. The divisional round was absolutely wild. Four crazy games all coming down to the final play. And we're going to break it all down on this week's episode of Baller Island. Jay Sahoda, Bilal Lahi will be joined by Alex Milano to break down all four games and look ahead to the AFC and NFC Championship games. The Bengals will take on the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC. The Chiefs will host the AFC Championship game for the fourth consecutive year. And then in the NFC, the Niners and Rams will play for the third time this season. Shanahan McVay with a trip to the Super Bowl. Oh boy. We'll talk all about that. We'll also talk a little bit about Sean Payton, who will be leaving the New Orleans Saints, and Aaron Rodgers' future as the Packers took a one and done in the playoffs. Where will Aaron Rodgers go next? We'll talk a bit about that as well. Tom Brady, is he hanging it up? We'll talk about that as well. So get comfy, stay a while. We got a good one coming your way. And don't forget to give Baller Island a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. What is cracking, ladies and gents? Welcome back to Baller Island, your home for football and basketball content, takes, analysis, and much more. And you can give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. Jay Sahoda, Bilal Lahi, the island is about to be on fire today as we recap an absolutely ridiculous divisional round, as well as we will preview Championship Sunday, one of my favorite days on the sports calendar. And we will break it all down on this episode. And we will be joined by a good friend of mine. I had him on the 49 Away podcast back during draft season last year. Alex Milano, welcome to the island, brother. I've been wanting to have you on the island. So glad you could join us and looking forward to the episode because we got a lot to get to. Oh, yeah, man. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. I haven't had the chance to be on uh, in a bit. And uh, pleasure to be back and uh, really, really excited. No doubt, B, what's going on with you? These games were absolutely mental. Made up for the wild card weekend, man. Wild card weekend saw too many blowouts. This is just every game topped itself in this one. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, we should have just renamed this one Wild Divisional Weekend instead of Super Wild Card Weekend because the games were just insane. We'll get to those in a bit, but we're actually going to get started by some breaking news earlier today. Huge news out of New Orleans. Sean Payton is done in New Orleans. He agreed to part ways. I believe he is just going to be out of coaching for this year. Might jump back in next year. This is, um, I don't know, boys. This was a little, I mean, I wasn't too surprised by it. I heard a little bit of the rumors over the past week or so, but I'm not going to lie. I was a little surprised that it actually happened. Alex, what are your takes away, uh, takeaways from this? And then B, you can go after it. Well, I mean, this this to me was a pretty big blindside. I mean, I heard there was some thoughts about him maybe uh, stepping uh, away. I heard a very vague rumor, but I didn't expect it to be so serious. And to be honest, to come out of nowhere, I uh, I saw a video this morning about the Saints owner, Gail Benson, that she mentioned there was a decision that Sean had to make, that Sean had to make. And everyone was like, even the reporters seemed kind of confused. And all of a sudden we see this news at like 2 p.m. that, that Sean's stepping away and it just... I, I can't believe it. Like, it's going to be a whole new team down there without Drew and Sean. No doubt. And it's like Drew and Sean back-to-back years. I, I can't even imagine that. I thought they did a pretty good job this year considering they had no quarterback either. And I was thinking, you know, I was hearing rumors maybe Derek Carr goes there or, you know, Russell Will. Just a quarterback that goes there. And I'm like, yo, this team's going to be right back in the thick of things. Now you lose Sean Payton. The second identity for the whole squad, I'm just like, it's got to be a brutal break for, for New Orleans. Things are not looking good for New Orleans right now. And this season, they were 9-8. and eight. 
They had a chance, came down all the way to the last week. They did it with three different starting quarterbacks this year, finished with an above 500 record. And I've been saying this all year long. Sean Payton is the reason why the New Orleans Saints had any shot at making the playoffs this year. Yeah, they have a decent team, but nowhere near the amount of talent that they've had over the past four or five years. This was definitely shocking. And I same with you, B. I thought the same thing. I'm like, all they need is a quarterback. There's a handful of quarterbacks that are going to be on the market this offseason with Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy G, potentially Russell Wilson, and God knows how many others. And next thing you know, Sean Payton's done. We don't even know who's going to be coaching this team. Their salary cap issue is a whole other thing. Um, this is just brutal for the Saints. One, uh, one offseason, you lose Drew Brees, and the next you lose Sean Payton. Things are going to be looking completely different there. We'll keep an eye on out throughout the next few weeks as to what actually goes on in New Orleans and who they hire. I have a feeling it might come down to Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator, but we'll see if they go out of house to go and get that. But man, what does this mean for guys like Alvin Kamara and Demario Davis and Cam Jordan, guys like that who've been out there grinding and now all of a sudden you're in a rebuilding state? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a huge, it's a huge jump, but I mean, one name that everybody seems to forget is Michael Thomas. Yeah. I mean, the guy, the it's guy the was completely, guy was completely gone this year. And that obviously adds a, a huge amount of help. Like their wide receiver room, it, it's pretty barren outside of Michael Thomas, to be honest with you. So if they're able to snipe a decent wide receiver in the draft and pick up a guy like Carr or even, you know, make a run, a crazy run at Aaron Rodgers or something. I think that there is an option there because, I don't know, I just, I'm worried about that window being closed for the Saints. They have a lot of weapons on offense, like I said, you know, Thomas Kamara. Uh, they, they have a couple of good young guys there, uh, even uh, Marquez Callaway, I think it is, uh, or Lil Jordan. Uh, I can't remember exactly his name, but they, they got some good weapons. It's just that defense is getting a little older. Uh, you know, Davis, I think, is 33, 34, so... Those those guys might not been might not want to be there. Rankins even through a rebuild. I mean, uh, to me, the rebuild. I mean, uh, it seems pretty apparent the rebuild was starting the second Drew left. Uh, even even when Drew was still there, and he wasn't looking the same. They're like, all right, this is our last ride. See how far we can go. We know we're gonna have to made go under some some major renovations here. And it was weird because this was a Saints team this year that the defense kind of. Actually, you know, the Saints have been, you know, the offensive team and, you know, the dome, everything, putting up points. They weren't getting a lot from that, right? They were on the third, fourth-string quarterback this year. And the defense actually won them some games. So, it's – but now, like you said, the defense really on the offense to be sticking around. going to have to redo the whole thing. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. This offseason will be an interesting one to see what direction. I, I do agree with you, Alex, too. Like, they could go in that direction of – do we try to extend this window open by a year or two? But I just don't know. I think this whole thing starts with coaching and it starts with Sean Payton. And now you don't have him. Now it's kind of like whoever you inherit, what do they want to do? Do they want to endure a rebuild? Do they want, it's a whole organizational uh, decision at this point as to what direction they want to go in. But for saints fans, this is definitely not what they're used to. So definitely some tough stuff there in new Orleans, but let's, let's move over to the playoffs here. And let's start with this KC-Buffalo game. Holy smokes. This was absolutely bonkers. The Chiefs won in overtime, 42-36. Boys, how many times are we going to do this with KC? How many times? Like this over and over again, the Kansas City Chiefs, I thought we had them back in week six, week seven at four and four. I'm like, finally, the fall, the, the, the their downfall is going to come. And now here we are again, hosting yet a fourth consecutive AFC championship. Alex, what are your takeaways from this wild game? 
Oh, I, uh, I mean, as a Patriots fan, uh, watching, <laughs> I couldn't believe it, man. I mean, it's almost like the age of having a decent quarterback isn't good enough anymore. You need to have an elite, elite, elite arm back there. And it's that's just the talent that comes out of those two guys is just incredible. Uh, I, my, my, my favorite part about the Chiefs this season, to be honest with you, uh, is just how around, you know, even week four to week six, everyone's like, oh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is broken. He can't throw it like there was. There was a game against the the Bengals where Jamar Chase had more receiving yards than Mahomes had, uh, you know, passing yards. And it just, it, everyone was worried about them not figuring stuff out. And I'm just saying, you know, trust the process. Uh, those, there's some legendary coaches in the league, you know, Belichick, Reed, even Sean Payton until today, where you just kind of have that innate trust in them. And you know that at, at some point or other, they'll figure it out. And when they do figure it out, they're unstoppable. You have unbelievable weapons at basically every position on offense. And then you have a defense that's opportunistic and good enough to hang with most teams or at least keep them off the board most of the time. And then it's just it's it's bread and butter. They're, they're beating everybody left and right. And even if they didn't have the ball there, I wouldn't be surprised if we'd still be talking about the Chiefs winning. Yeah, let's start with Casey, man, because I feel like Mahomes, I mean, you know, the talk of the talk been Josh Allen recently. And I feel like this is just kind of a Mahomes like, you know what? I'm still I'm still here. I'm still that guy because everybody's been talking about Josh Allen. Josh Allen played a hell of a game, probably, you know, unreal. But Mahomes is just like, yo, like, let's be real. I'm that guy still. It was unreal. And then you have, you know, that Tyreek Hill with the two minutes, and he just turned a basic slant into a 50-yard touchdown just like that, threw up the deuces. And um, this team is real hard to stop. I mean, I don't even understand. I mean, we'll talk about the O2 rules. I mean, we got to. But how can you let, you know, with the, that happen in 13 seconds? Like, you just can't let that happen. I don't want to hear anything about the OT rules. If all you needed was one stop, you maybe maybe you could have squib kicked it, took six seconds off the clock right there. They got one play. I mean, if you if you give up uh, three points with 13 seconds, I think you deserve to lose. Absolutely heartbreaking for Buffalo fans, but hey, that's just the way it works. That's a great point, B. And for me, I, I got to start with Josh Allen. I was blown away with the performance that he had in this game, let alone what he did to your boys, Patriots. But this, I said it, I said it last week when we talked about it. I said, great, you blew out the Patriots in the playoffs game by 30 points. Great, good for you. I'm like, I know the Bills Mafia is probably going to hold on to that. But for the rest of us, go, go, go out and outdo Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead. Go and do that, and then let's talk about you going to the Super Bowl. And the Josh did exactly what he needed to do. There is literally not a single thing that Josh Allen couldn't have done. Didn't turn the ball over, didn't take any stupid sacks, threw four touchdowns, 329 passing yards, 68 rushing yards, including that unbelievable two-point conversion that just literally pulled it out of his ass. Josh Allen was unbelievable on this day, and the fact that the Bills lost this game, absolutely I agree with you, B. This is all on Buffalo's defense. All you had to do was make one stop, whether it was in the first quarter or the fourth quarter. Didn't really matter. Just get one damn stop and force a Kansas City punt, and they didn't do that. That, to me, is where Buffalo's got to be held accountable in that regard because Kansas City, I've been saying this for God knows how long. If you let Kansas City stick around, you're just you're, it's, it's a loss waiting to happen. You can't do that. Like You've got to get stopped. You look at all the time that Kansas City lost this season, like we talked about Tennessee earlier in the year. The Titans blew them out with defense. The Bengals, when they beat them a few weeks ago, they got a few stops in that game. The Bills' defense just needed a few, even if it was one. They just needed one big stop, and they couldn't do it. And Patrick Mahomes was, I mean, there's nothing really to say. The guy was incredible, like he always is. I'm not surprised in that regard. 
But man, it's I mean, how how much more heartbreak can can, can can you get for the Bills Mafia? Like it just gets worse and worse every time. But I do really do think Buffalo was close. They just got to shore up that that defense. And I do think that Tre'Davious White not being there was a huge loss for Buffalo, and it it, it felt. Because that one corner, I think it was Levi Wallace, it might have been. He just kept getting picked on the whole game. Yeah, yeah. Wallace, Wallace got bullied. Wallace yeah. got bullied. That's what I'm saying. He just he just got picked on. And I think that's where Buffalo really struggled. So they got to go and get some depth at the corner position. But my God, Gabriel Davis included. Unbelievable performance. Eight catches, over 200 yards, four touchdowns. The game of his life. And they still couldn't get it done. Um, B, let's go to your point. The whole overtime rules. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I... I do think they need to do something in the regard where both teams need to get the ball. I don't know what they need to do, but I think it's only fair that both teams get one possession. Alex, what are your kind of thoughts on the whole OT thing? Yeah, I mean, it's it's controversial. Uh, I will say, though, you have to understand in the history, I think it's what are we up to now, you know, 70 total years of football and 50-something Super Bowls. We've only had 11 playoff games that have gone to overtime in total. So it really, you know, you got to understand that the chance already of this happening is pretty low. But you really got to understand at the same time, it's it's more so it's an issue that comes down to how much luck do you want to put into a coin toss? You know, you really want to see both offenses and you really want to see all the stars. But when everything comes down to whether a coin flips your way or not, it, it's pretty tough. I, I don't know. I think uh, I think there's been some interesting proposals, but. I don't know. I, I've I've kind of settled on the fact that there might not be the perfect way to fix it. Uh, it might have to almost turn into like a you know shootout in hockey, where you just give each offense turns from the thirty-five, similar to college. Uh, I don't really know if there is a way that you can keep football kind of normal looking or have the normal kind of pace uh, and also keep it fair. Just because that would mean you'd have to play a full length quarter or even more, uh, which would just make the game so long and injuries would just would spike. I mean, here's the thing. If, we, if you tell me we put, like, I mean, everybody's talking about the college rules, right? You put college rules into this game, this game's not ending for another two hours. Like, the defenses will be burnt by that time. They're just going to be scoring out well. I actually don't mind the, the way it is right now because I'm thinking if you your team deserves to win this close game, it comes down to stops, right? You got to be able to stop the team. You should be, you know, if they touch the ball in the first possession of overtime and they march it all the way down and score seven that's it you should deserve to leave all you have to do is just hold them to three and your offense has a shot so i'm always thinking you know if you're at this point in the you know fighting for a championship game here your defense should be able to get a stop when you need it right you should have some balance to your squad it shouldn't have to be like this i'm probably one of the only dudes that actually really thinks this way I I mean, I, I at first thought that the college rules would have been sick. It just puts the entertainment in there. But you just made a great point in terms of the defenses will just be gassed. That is a pretty valid point. My thing is, I just don't like that, Alex, like you, will, like you said, I don't like the fact that a coin toss, there's so much put into that. Oh, mm-hmm. oh if you call heads, it's got to be heads. There's got to be tails. Like, that's my thing. And I don't, I don't love that. So my thing what is, if, I, what if, what if the home team, automatically got the ball and that was your home field advantage oh lord that could be it but that'd be really tough though because then when you get to that's the thing with playoff games is are you going to go off of the seating because if you go off of the seating then what happens in the super bowl that's a good point if you go off you because you could go off seating in the super bowl but then you're not you're going to get like a number four seed versus a number six seed really none of those teams are in the home field uh it's possible like i i don't mind it's just the thing that i really hate is 
uh, the that record, is a coin, right? Yeah, well, that is a coin. Is is the, eleven games have gone to the coin toss, and whoever won the coin toss uh, has a ninety percent win rate. They're t- the teams are ten and one. Only one team has ever won the opening kickoff in playoff history and lost. It's just not going to happen because you're going, you know, you're going out there for 70, 80, 90 snaps at the highest level of athletic capability the football will ever be at. Like it's just already tough on defenses. So I mean, yeah, you know, you're going to make some games turn into, you know, Texas LSU a couple of years ago where it was, you know, 70 to 72 was the final score. Uh, it's going to look a little whack, but at the end of the day, the NFL is all about entertainment. And I know a lot of people are place a lot of value on defense, but I mean, unfortunately, we've added a 17th game. We've changed rules over the years so that DBs can barely play the man until they've touched the ball. Like, I get it. You know, it might be, it might suck. It might be a little untraditional, but I don't know. I just think all sports have to move forward at some time because I don't know. Luck-based winning is, is not something I enjoy. I wish... Josh Allen got that chance because his career, he's got two drives where he's won the game in less than 35 seconds. Both games he's lost. Both games he had game-winning drives in less than 35 seconds and lost. He had two game-winning drives in this one. Yeah, really, really, and in, in realistically. That's insane. And I think, again, all those are excellent points. I think just as long as both teams get one possession, that's fine. I think it should come down to which defense can make the stop first. So if Kansas City goes down the field and they score, that's great. Now Buffalo at least gets an opportunity. If they go three and out, ball game. That's a wrap. But at least the Bills have a chance to go down the field, tie the game, and now they got a chance to get the ball back and get a stop, right? And then from there, it's kind of a whole sudden death thing. But I do feel like both teams should at least get one Mm -hmm. guaranteed possession and then go. Because it's just not to happen multiple times. It it happened to Mahomes himself a couple years ago to your guys' Patriots. And now here, Josh Allen is in the exact same boat in this scenario. So we'll see there. And then, I don't know, I've thought about this a a few weeks ago, just as a completely wild thought. Call me crazy, if you will. Let's just, to prevent ties in the NFL, and including over to prevent a double overtime, because teams would just be gassed if it remains tied. Like a penalty shootout, why don't we just go into a field goal shootout? And we have both kickers just kick and kick. They start off with a 25-yarder, and then if they both get it, they go 35, 45, 55 that way, and see which kicker misses first i think that would be insane Uh, yeah yeah that would the entertainment value would skyrocket and the value placed on good kicking and consistent kicking would absolutely be you know just a a a necessity Uh, i don't mind that proposal i would definitely take some adjusting as a fan of the game i wouldn't say no but it would definitely be different uh one thing i kind of like i wouldn't mind that but i've i've even i've even seen one uh, almost like a precursor so they would end exact scenario you're describing but what they would start with uh they would start with the offenses so the offenses would you'd start with the 10 one team would have both teams would have to score uh if one team doesn't Mm -hmm. then it's over so you start at the 10 then you go to the 20 both teams have to score then you go to the 30 both teams have to score 40 both teams have to score 50 both teams have to score there's no first downs and if you score all five times both teams then you go to the kicking competition that's insane yeah that would this is like some recess rules over here. That's fun though. That's that's one thing that that's one thing I kind of brainstormed. I saw one or two people also on Reddit mention that they should just literally make it so that your offense has to score five times. You don't have to count the touchdowns, but you basically just have to call it as if that you know now every time your offense has to score and that value on defense is still there because if a defense gets one stop or if the defense gets uh, no stops, then that's the difference. You know, it really could come down to that as well as a, an offense having to score five times. 
Yeah, no, that's an excellent point. They could go a lot of different ways here, but we'll see what the NFL decides to do. But I think all the all the different factors and points we put out are great. Um, but man, this game was absolutely insane. Would you guys say this was? I, I don't know. There, there's so many great playoff games out there, but I would definitely say it's up there. But where where would y'all rank this game? Definitely, I'd say top ten divisional game of all time. I wouldn't quite. I don't know if it's the best divisional game of all time, but it's definitely. In, in maybe top 10, top five for me. It's up there, man. I was thinking just games that weren't in the Super Bowl. Um, I thought I still think that Chiefs-Patriots one was really good. Um, but in terms of quarterback play, just straight up mono mono like it was literally like it was like an NBA Finals. Like, you know, the two best players are like just going at each other. If that's what it felt like, um, I don't think we've ever seen anything like that when it's just like whatever you can do, I can do better. I love yeah. that comparison. I love that comparison. But the basketball, that reminds me of like two superstars just one on one in basketball. I don't watch too, too much, but like almost like a Allen Iverson just carrying a team in early 2000s. <laughs> no, that's exactly that's, that's exactly what that was. And you don't see that often in a game where Never, we talk man. about how it's, you know, it's, it's all about the team. And in this game, you saw two of the best, the best go at it. I, I personally think, and you guys can agree with me or not, I think this Allen Allen Mahomes thing is going to be the next paid Manning Tom Brady. I could just see it in this game. I could see it down you know, down the road. I think this this is the next great quarterback rivalry when you look at it, talent-wise and just in general. Both teams are great, but I think these two are going to be the next great rivalry. So with that, the Bills season is done, and the Kansas City Chiefs are once again moving on for their fourth consecutive AFC championship. And who will they play? The Cincinnati Bengals? Yes, the Cincinnati Bengals upset the Tennessee Titans 19-16. B, I'll let you have your moment because I, I've been riding the Tennessee Titans all year long, and you've been telling me Ryan Tannehill can't do it. I don't believe in Ryan Tannehill, blah, blah, and I'll let you have your moment. And I'm sitting here saying, I think the Titans can do it. They got the defense. And what happens? Ryan Tannehill throws three interceptions, and the Tennessee Titans implode right in front of our faces. And Joe Burrow just continues to grow in front of our faces. Just absolutely incredible. Alex, what were your takeaways from this Bengals-Titans game? Uh, this was this was a classic almost uh, you need Derrick Henry, but you need Derrick Henry at 100% type of game. I don't know about you guys, but watching a guy that had almost 1,000 yards basically in week seven versus watching him come back from this injury, look, I love it. I think it's amazing that he was able to make it back, but he did not look 100%. I think they gave him like 24 carries or something. I, I, I don't know. I don't think that was the way to go. I think that, you know, almost throwing it and airing it out, but just trying to focus on the short passing game and giving stuff little quick outs would have helped. But I don't know. They went to some weird deep passing game, almost trying to one-up the Bengals. That's literally the thing that they're best at in the NFL. And the Bengals just said, uh, no, we're better. <laughs> to be honest, they threw it around the park on them. The, the Titans don't have a bad defense, but they struggle if they if they don't get pressure. And they didn't. The, the Cincinnati O-line, like, they got sacked nine times, but he was able to take a couple of those, like, close almost sacks and turn them into, like, 30-yard gains. Yeah, no, I mean... I, it's weird. You see a team with nine sacks and they lose the game. But that Henry points, actually, I was actually going to go there, too, because I was thinking, you know, the way Foreman ended the year, he's playing really well. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's your best player. You get that you want to feed him the rock. But at the same time, sometimes you just ride the high hand, right? I mean, I'm not saying don't give the MVP the football. I'm just saying you got to work him way in. You know, he's not producing at the way he normally does. And then, come on, man. T- Tannehill, I knew this was – this is this is gonna happen. First snap of the game, throws a pick, and I'm just like, yeah, there we go. And 
I don't get it. That's not his game. You're telling you, you just said right now they're trying to do this deep throw thing, air it out. That's not what he's supposed to do. This is he's Ryan Tannehill. He's just supposed to manage the game. Don't lose the game. And then the last pick, what is it set up? It sets up a game-winning field goal for you know. All of a sudden, somehow everybody's talking about the most ballsy kicker ever. All of a sudden, but even on that last play, so he throws a pick. Since he gets the ball, everybody in the world knows that ball is going to Jamar Chase. Everybody in the world knows it's going to Jamar Chase on the sideline. And somehow it happens and the game's a wrap. I just can't believe that they let that happen. And I can believe that Tannehill was the reason they lost. No, Dad, anytime you throw the ball or turn the ball over three times, it's not going to help you. And I, I agree with you both in the sense that one with Derrick Henry, absolutely he didn't look like himself. And and we all kind of knew that. Like Derrick Henry, except for maybe Titans fans, but Derrick Henry's not going to come back from an injury that looked really bad. It seemed like it was pretty bad. He's not going to come back and run for 150 yards like he normally does. To be quite honest, 20 rushes for 62 yards and a touchdown? Honestly, not too bad for his return. But the Titans, I completely agree. Throwing the ball deep is not what they do. That is not what the Titans do. You got to run the football and definitely do a lot more quick passes. A.J. Brown had a good game. It's not even like A.J. Brown had a bad game. He had a good game. But majority of those, he had five catches for 142 yards and like two or three of those were on deep balls. So it's not like he got involved and had like a huge day all around the field and just torched the Bengals defense. I got to give a lot of credit to the Bengals defense, though. They played a hell of a game. They were all over the place. Yeah, they gave up a few big plays to A.J. Brown. But uh, throughout the day, getting three turnovers was huge. I think the Bengals defense deserves a lot of credit for the way that they stepped up in this game. And the Titans defense, like they were there. Like you said, Alex, they, they pressured Burrow a lot. The Bengals O-line isn't good. They sacked them nine times, and yet they still couldn't couldn't finish it off. Throwing three picks, can't do it. That's a big no-no, and it just it sucks for the Titans because they've been kind of drawn up as this the worst number one seed to ever to ever be a number one seed, and they can't do it. They're not that great, and blah blah blah. And then what did they do? And it's proved everybody right. And I and I hate that for the Titans because I I really did believe in them this season, but. Kudos to the Bengals. I mean, good Lord. I mean, I don't, I don't know about you, but B and I both had them at 5-12 and 12 to begin the season, and here they are at the AFC Championship game. I mean, kudos to the Bengals. And when you look at this Bengals-Chiefs AFC Championship, I mean, look, I think we all know that, okay, Kansas City's the favorite. They're at home. It's at Arrowhead, and Mahomes come off into this ridiculous effort against Buffalo. But the Chiefs haven't have only lost one football game since Week 7, and it was to these very same... Cincinnati Bengals, which I think is kind of interesting. So I think it's kind of fitting that, yeah, it's a little surprising to see the Bengals here, but they did beat the Chiefs. I know it's at Cincinnati, but they are the only team since week seven to take down these Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Alex, what are, you, what are your thoughts when you're looking at this Bengals-Chiefs matchup? Do you think the Bengals stand any shot whatsoever in this one? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think the Bengals can hang with anybody. When Joe Burrow can have consecutive weeks of 450-plus yards and four and five touchdowns, I mean, they can hang with basically anybody. I think that they have just the amount of same skill, elite position players, if anything, to be honest with you, uh, outside of maybe Travis Kelsey just being way better than any tight end that Cincinnati's got. Uh, I'd give the advantage in the skill positions to Cincinnati, to be honest with you, uh, rather than, than KC. And the biggest thing I'm really wondering about with KC is Tyron Matthew. Matthew holds that defense together like glue. And you saw what happened once he was out and Josh Allen was able to just kind of throw it willingly even more so. So 
if he's back, it's going to be a little tougher for Joe Burrow. But if he's not, then it's just going to be another slaughter fest of defenses. And man, as a fan of the game, I'm excited. I, I, I really am. I mean, the, the thing that's normally when, you know, a team's already beaten up the other team earlier this year, I lean towards the other team. But I feel like since he, you know, since he's already playing with house money, you see the swag that they're just walking with. And now that they know that, yo, we've already beat this team. Like, they're coming in with so much confidence. I mean, they got a real puncher's chance. But at the same time, this is still KC. And uh, it's hard to go into that spot and beat them, man. It's only been done once in the playoffs. So, it's, it's going to be tough. But I do, give Cincy a, I do give Cincy a nice shot here. Only one man has defeated Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. And that person would, of course, be the great Tom Brady. Joe Burrow, this is a lot for him. Having said that, nothing seems to phase Joe Burrow, and I love that about him. He's got this crazy swagger to him. He just doesn't really care what anyone says. He just goes out there and just balls out. And I think going to Arrowhead in an AFC Championship game, I mean, geez, you think that's going to phase him? That's certainly not going to phase him. If anything, it's going to make him play harder. The Bengals got themselves a good one in Joe Burrow. He's going to be good for a long time. I don't think the Bengals... I do think this game's going to be closer than a lot of people may think it might be. I think the Bengals are going to stick with him. This defense is going to play hard. But again, it's going to come down to... Look, the Bengals' defense got the Titans to turn the ball over three times. If they can do that against Kansas City, I honestly kind of like their chances if they're able to do that. But if you let Mahomes go out there and Hill and Kelsey and yada, 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 do their usual nonsense, it's, it's not going to go well for you. I mean, we've seen... Then again, the crazy part is we have seen teams go into Arrowhead, and go absolutely berserk and still lose. Josh Allen goes in there in the Arrowhead, plays an absolutely perfect game, and finds a way, and, and loses. Well, he didn't find The defense found a way to lose. But Josh Allen lost the game. The Texans go in there two years ago and go up 24 to nothing and somehow still came out of there with a loss. Going into Arrowhead for some reason in the AFC Championship game is not a cakewalk. You can go up there 31 nothing and it's you're still not safe. The Bengals got to go out there in this defense, got to force some turnovers and slow this game down. Yeah, the uh, the Chiefs, uh, you know, I mentioned it earlier, the Chiefs get hot on a week-to-week basis and the Chiefs get hot on a quarter-to-quarter basis. That 2019 AFC Championship game where the Chiefs lost to the Patriots, uh, the Chiefs scored only 31 points the entire game. 24 of them were in the fourth quarter. They scored one, I think they scored, if I'm not mistaken, two field goals in the third quarter and then 24 points in the fourth quarter uh, just to get it tied up. It was incredible. They ended up obviously losing that, but like they can just turn it on so, so quickly. I think, to be honest with you, if you're the Bengals, uh, you ride the living crap out of Joe Mixon. Uh, you really hope that you, you, know, you can continually churn out first downs and make the throws a little easier for, for Burrow. Uh, and then, you know, you keep that offense off the field. Uh, and I think that's the recipe for success. You slow, you know, you make the game a little faster. You know, you almost kill the clock from the very beginning uh, rather than try to go toe-to-toe with that kind of offense. I mean, I don't think, I mean, this Cincy, considering all the craziness games that we've had this past weekend, I feel like Cincy's really kind of come on under the radar into this because this is a crazy story. I mean, like since before Joe Burrow got drafted, they what, won two games that year. And then Joe mm-hmm. Burrow comes, he tears his ACL. This is like full first year as a starter right here. And this dude's bought a, what was a two-win team into the AFC Championship game. This is like some, like, you don't see this. Like, this is actually, like, unprecedented to what he, for what he just did. And it's just kind of been swept under the rug a little bit. 
Yeah, no, no doubt. No doubt at all. And I can see Burrow's probably going to come back player of the year. Zach Taylor, I think, is honestly a lock at this. I know if I'm talking about Vrabel and LaFleur and all those, and both of them exited on Saturday. Hey, Taylor outcoached him for sure. I think, I'd say, I think right now it's a lock that Zach Taylor has got coach of the year for what he's done with the Bengals as well. Just really a hell of a job. And it's also not a fluke that Burrow was outstanding at LSU. They went unbeaten and won a national championship. Burrow's no fluke, man. The guy is... He just wins. Guys, he just wins. Yeah, he's a superstar, and the Bengals got a good one, and they haven't had a quarterback like this in a very long time, if not ever. Um, but we'll see how he fares at Arrowhead for the AFC Championship game. Moving over to the NFC, you know I'm hype about this one. Niners go into Green Bay at Lambeau Field, and I don't know how the hell we did it, but they did it. 13-10 to 10 in Lambeau, Aaron Rodgers, later Alligator, he is gone, might be gone for good in Green Bay, and the Niners just found a way to win this game. Y'all know I'm hyped as ever. Alex, what did, what did you think when you're watching this game, and how in the hell did my Niners pull this off? Yeah, it seems like those uh, 13 points just came out of nowhere. It was just such a shocker. <laughs> they, uh, the Green Bay, Green Bay Packers there, they weren't able to really get too much going on the ground. They, they were getting Aaron Jones going, throwing him the ball. But it just it seemed like a really odd game. You know, Rodgers didn't seem like he was on key. That 49ers D-line just harassed them. They were they were getting after him. And then all, after a while, you start to realize, you're like, oh, well, this is still, you know, definitely, key, you know, you can keep up with this. This is not some Aaron Rodgers shootout game that you're fearing Jimmy G is going to have to go throw a 300-yard game. You're like, we can definitely come back from this. And all of a sudden, they put up 13 points in a quick, what is it, eight, nine minutes, and and, and they steal the game under his feet. And now he's worried that he's going to talk about retirement. I don't know if you guys saw that, but he uh, he put out a little thing after the game. They put out, uh, he goes, I'm not going to be here part of a rebuild. So seems like your D-line rattled him pretty good. <laughs> uh, yo, the day the day they lost was might have been a top five day on Twitter I've ever seen in my life. That was Aaron Rodgers' jokes are hilarious. But um, I heard this thing, and uh, Jay, I want to see what you say, but I heard – you know, I just saw a comparison that they were making the 49ers to, you know, those wild card Giants teams. Just like the most like weird, like how are these teams, how do they keep winning these games? They got the front four that's just balling out. But it's just like, really? Like how, how this team only scored six points all game, basically, right? Their offense only scored six points. I feels like Jimmy G's, I felt in that game, Jimmy G was going to throw a pick six, like basically every other throw it felt like it was going to be a pick six. The thing is, well, I, I completely agree. I think this team definitely gives me a lot of 07 Giants vibes for sure. And that's kind of what I think on that regard. And our defense is balling. They are balling. And, but you think, you think with Jimmy G, and I said this for, for all the time, it, okay, we're playing in freezing cold. There was a blizzard in the second half of this game. But, like, if it's snow, rain, sun, whatever, Jimmy G is going to do his thing every single game. Like, we know that. Jimmy G throws these ridiculous throws into coverage, which make absolutely no sense. I've honestly gotten to the point, I just accept that that's just Jimmy Garoppolo. That's just who he is. And that one interception that he did throw near the end, that was so unbelievably typical of him to do that. And, like, just throw it away. But I don't know how many times I've said that. It was the same thing against Dallas. Just throw it away. But what does he do? He tries to be a hero and makes a play out of it and throws it. But here's the thing with Jimmy Garoppolo, which is which drives me nuts all this time. Everyone keeps talking about plays like that. But the 49ers are playing in the NFC Championship game. So do you think that I care about him throwing that interception now? No, I don't really give a damn about that anymore. So... In that regard, but back to your point, B, I think that at this point, it's just it's one of those things where it's like a destiny type thing and it's a good football team. And here's the thing. I am not surprised one bit 
this game came down to special teams. I said it even, I was thinking to myself before this game started, I'm like, whoever messes up on special teams first is probably going to lose this game. And then right at the end, four minutes left, the Packers screwed up on special teams. And we've been saying it all year. People have been saying it all year, how brutal the Green Bay Packers special teams is. Niners went out there, found a play. I don't know how the hell they did it because I completely, I'm not going to beat around the bush here. Our offense was horrible in the in the first half through three quarters. They could they just kept hurting themselves. They were getting drives. They were getting consistency. And they just couldn't finish drives at all. And I, that fourth down, if the Niners had lost this game, I would have been killing Kyle Shanahan for running Elijah Mitchell up the middle on a fourth and one and not giving it to Debo Samuel. Then Kyle Shanahan redeems himself later on by giving it to Debo with the game on the line on third and seven. Third and seven. And we got and they got it. So that's what I'm saying. I wish he did it on fourth down, but he got a chance to redeem himself. But just a, just a gritty win. A gritty win. This team, this 49ers team just never says die. They barely even got into the playoffs. They had to fight their way. And now here they are again playing those same Los Angeles Lambs in the NFC Championship game. But we'll see what happens there. Um, for time's sake, B, we can talk about the Rodgers thing before we wrap up. Alex, I want to get your take real quick about Aaron Rodgers. Do you kind of, like, like what, what do you think Rodgers is actually going to do and what do you think the fate of him is? Yeah, see, this is uh, this is going to be a weird offseason with quarterback move- movement. Uh, you know, you never know. Uh, obviously, Ben Roethlisberger looks like he's going to be retiring, so there's going to be a spot in Pittsburgh. Uh, Tom might be walking away. That would be unbelievable, to be honest with you. I don't. I think it's even more unexpected. Rodgers is probably either going to be leaving uh, either this year or next year. Um, you know, it's it's really like a lot of doors have been opened. I think, to be honest with you, those original rumors about Denver, I think there's some truth there. I think that you know the whole John Elway reaching out to Peyton Manning after the neck injury in 2011. And, not, I'm not going to say redeeming, but making the second half of his career as much of a highlight as the first half, if not more. I think that whole kind of thing appeals to Rodgers. I think he might want to go out and play in Denver. They have an offense that's just built, to be honest with you. it's just, I, In my opinion, I think it's quarterback away. You have, uh, you know, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Javante Booker, Melvin Gordon. Like, you have a built Noah Fant. You have a good offense there, a very good offensive line. You need a quarterback that's better than Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke. Defense is, you know, in my opinion, pretty good. Uh, outside of Denver, I think there might be even an option about Pittsburgh. I, I, I you know, everyone remembers that little moment where uh, Tomlin called the timeout so Rodgers couldn't get him on the quick count, and they had a little smile between one another back, I think, week eight. That could be a fit. Uh, I, I don't think he retires. I, I just I think that that's just far too gone. I think he's got way too much football left in him, but uh, I don't think he goes uh, to any team that's kind of out of the blue. I don't think he goes and does a Tom Brady to Tampa when nobody expects it. I think he's going to go to one of the few teams that it was kind of rumored he was going to. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll see what ends up happening with that, but you know we'll, we'll talk a bit about that later on. Um, let's go. So the Niners will play the Los Angeles Rams. Part three for the NFC title game, Rams-Buccaneers. The Rams, things got a little a little dodgy for them near the end here. The Bucs came out of nowhere, and we were thinking, oh boy, here we go again with Tom Brady. What a finish. Matthew Stafford finally, finally does it. I know people say, oh, we got the monkey off his back in the Cardinals game. No, no. I think he got the official monkey off his back after this game because this was a real legitimate playoff performance. Alex, what are your thoughts on this Rams victory over Tampa? Oh, I, I thought it was awesome. I uh, I don't know about you guys, but that might be the best game uh, Matt Stafford's career when it comes down to clutch moments. I mean, he had the opportunity to play in Detroit and put up great stats and lots of amazing highlights, but he never really had a lot of clutch moments because the team was never, to be honest with you, that good. 
He has a couple of few big ones, but nothing in the playoffs, obviously. And that amazing throw to Cooper Cup on that cover one when they blitzed, he got killed by Ndamukong Sue not even half a second after letting go of the ball. Drops a 50-yard dime to Cup to set up the game winner. You, you, you can't teach that. That's something that's built into a superstar DNA. And, man, I love the acquisition from the second it happened. And that type of stuff just it continually proves me right. And it proves a lot of, a lot of people right. That fit is just, it's worked amazingly. That was, I was so surprised that he was able to hit, well, the first, the first cup, because, you know, it was a three-play drive. He almost fumbled it on the first play. And I was like, okay, you almost fumbled that. Everything's going Tampa's way. Kneel it out, go to overtime. Somehow hits cup on the sideline. Then I don't know what Todd Bowles was doing in that last play, because how do you, again, triple crown winner? Like, why, how are you going to let that happen? I just couldn't believe that he got it off and it big play from Stafford, but I really want to talk a little bit about Tampa here because it's, it's really crazy how, uh, I mean, obviously Brady's getting a lot of credit for it, but you know, he's not the one that forced the fumbles, whatever, whatever, but how many teams are really playing that hard when they're down 27 to three. And it's because Brady's on the sideline. I'm swear. I'm like, you're down 27, three. I know a lot of teams are just going to pack it in. But those dudes play so hard because they're like, yo, he's on our sideline. We always have a shot. And something, you know, just some stuff just goes right for that dude. It's just unreal. And then, you know, it was it was really weird, you know, that the Evans play on Jalen Ramsey. It felt like in the second half, in the first half, Brady was getting killed, right? You know, the, the pressure was just too much. But they had to move Gronk on the O-line just to give him enough time. And you know he wants to go to Evans and he wants to go to Gronk. Now you have to put Gronk, just because he's an amazing blocker, you have to put Gronk on the line. You really got only got Evans left. He was trying to hit Scotty Miller a couple times. I'm just saying, if there's Godwin in here and, and Antonio Brown still there, this might be a different game. But Stafford really impressed me in this one. Matt Stafford, man. I mean, let's. I mean, this is gonna be difficult for me. It is. The Niners play the Rams NFC Championship. I don't want to talk good about the Rams this week, but I'm gonna put on my objective hat here and say. Matthew Stafford, that was an absolutely incredible play. I totally with you, Alex. I think that was the best play of his career. That was the moment. You know, if you boys remember when Kirk Cousins made that defining mm-hmm. throw to Adam Thielen against New Orleans two years ago, and we're like, that is what we've been waiting for from Kirk Cousins. That was the same way that I feel about Matthew Stafford making that throw to Cooper Cup. I'm like, that. that is the play. To get your team to an NFC Championship game like we were just saying, Stafford has not been in the playoffs. But here's the thing, though, too, because nobody, nobody really cares about the Detroit Lions. No one watches the Detroit. The Detroit Lions aren't playing in prime time and all the stuff all these years. Matt Stafford's been doing this. I've seen when, when the Rams had no timeouts. When Matt Stafford's going down there telling the O line to get get to the line and clock it, I'm like, hmm, where have I seen this before? Oh right, he was doing this on Sunday at one o'clock every week in Detroit, but nobody was watching because nobody watches the four and twelve Lions. But Matthew Stafford has been doing this, and he finally got to show it against Tampa Bay. That was the Matthew Stafford moment, and I hope I don't see it on Sunday. But that was just, that was a hell of a job. And Cooper Cup, man, this guy just, guy is just something else. I mean, I, I can't wait to see what the Niners defense does to try and take him away. Because if you let him go crazy, honestly, even if you try to stop him, he's still going to go crazy. You look at Cooper Cup's, like, his stats the whole season. He's got 100 yards almost every single game this season. It's absolutely unbelievable what this guy does. 
But the Rams found a way. The Bucks it got real close near the end. I gotta say, the one play that I just I was dying is when the Rams get the turnover and like, all right, it's over. And then the Brian Allen, the Ram center, snaps the ball 20 yards over Stafford's head. <laughs> I was like, yep. oh, boy. I was like, here we go. But then let alone Stafford was like, no, 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 no. This is not happening to us again. We're not blowing no leads. We're going, we're going home, and we're playing the NFC Championship game at home and potentially a Super Bowl at home. The Rams get it done. But obviously, but Alex, before we let you go here, I got to ask about your boy Tom Brady. Um, since we talked about it here. So B and I were talking about just before we got started here, but like, do you actually think that he, that he's going to hang him up right now? Or do you think he's got one more in him? I think uh, on a, on a personal, personal, deep, deep, deep level, I think he's got one more in him. Uh, That's my hunch, but uh, I can understand where he's at. I mean, there's not many two, not not many 44 year olds that are freaking playing quarterback at the level or even playing quarterback at all at any level. Uh, (laughs) So it's just it's it's a lot. I mean, he's got a life. He's got a you know the wife and kids, and uh, I'm sure he's got a lot on his mind with media companies, and he's doing a couple documentaries I've seen. So I think he's still gonna stick around. But I I be honest, I think no more than one season. I just the reason I think so is I don't know. I feel like there would have been more uh, renaissance to the way that he exited. I don't know if you guys caught much of the post game, but he barely did anything. He just shook hands. He took like two pictures and just left. You know, there was not like you expect a ceremony, but you would think he might walk around and have that Ben Roethlisberger moment that he had a couple weeks ago there where he, you know, said goodbye to the fans because it's kind of writing on the wall. Tom didn't do that. And I kind of expect Tom to do that when he's all done. So I don't know. I think he's got at least one more. I I think he's got one more in him too. I think the thing with Tom Brady is, the guy he's always been, he's a, when he says something, he does it. And he has always said, especially over the last four or five years or so, I want to play till I'm 45. Well, he's 44 years old. Tom Brady's not just going to end his career one year short of his lifelong goal to play till he's 45. I think he turns he, 45 in August, though, before the season starts. Yeah, it, in August. But I think he won. I understand that. But I think he has one more season in him. And I think that will be it. I think he achieves his goal. I mean, really, championship-wise, he has nothing to prove. But just to say that I played till I'm 45, I don't think anyone's ever catching him. Who knows? I'm not putting anything past Patrick Mahomes. But Tom Brady gets a 45. He's accomplished everything at a championship level. He, he, I know this year doesn't really seem like much of an achievement, especially compared to last year. Tampa Bay hasn't won a division championship in over, I think, 10 or 11 years. They did that this year. Tom Brady continues to do things each and every year. That, and his stats were absolutely incredible. He's in the MVP conversation. I think he's got one more in him, but I think that will be it for Tom Brady. So just enjoy him while he's there. Alex, thank you so much for joining, brother. It was a great time having you on. Before you go, give me your picks for the championship games. Uh, so I'm going to be honest. I'm hopping on that 49ers bandwagon. I love the Rams offense. I love Matt Stafford, but I I really think the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl. to be honest with you. They need that redemption from 2019. Uh, And I think that the, you know, this is the year that they get the chance to do it. Uh, in the AFC, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going with the upset. I I really want the Bengals to be there. I want nobody's prediction. I don't think anybody at the beginning of the year would have said a Jimmy Garoppolo 49ers, not a Trey Lance 49ers. And uh, a, a Joe Burrow uh, Bengals team would be the Super Bowl teams. Th- those are my picks. I, I would really like to see it happen. A nostalgic Super Bowl, the way that I would like to put it. That's the way. Bengals Niners, just like the old days. I think. Hey, you know what's cool. crazy? That was that was the first Super Bowl John Madden ever called. Mm-hmm. That, whoa, B, yo, that, that's that's crazy, man. You just dropped some. That's that's pretty crazy. Mad but, facts. 
Yeah, but we will see how that goes. I, I love both of those picks. I hope you weren't just saying the Niners because of me, but I, I will see how that goes. But thanks a lot, brother, for joining. This was a great episode, and we'll definitely have you on again, and we'll see who ends up playing in Super Bowl 56. Thank you, sir. Uh, no problem. Thank you guys for having me. It was a pleasure, and, man, I'm, I'm going to be cheering on uh, two good teams this Sunday. No doubt. All right, take it easy, brother. Take it. All right, B, so we didn't really get a chance to get into the NFC Championship game, so let's get right to that. Niners-Rams, part three, Shanahan-McVay. I mean, Lord have mercy. The Niners, we get it. We know the narrative. I don't want to even get into it because each game is different than everyone is. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of scared. The Rams Mm -hmm. know they got another shot. They know how that last game felt. But what are some things you're looking forward to in this Niners-Rams matchup? I think this game's going to be absolutely mental. I mean, here's what I, if I'm you, the one thing I love is that, yo, how can I not have complete confidence? I've, we've owned this team, right? But like on the other side, it's like you've owned them so much. Like it's hard to beat a division opponent three times in one season. With Stafford and Donald and Vaughn and Odell and Cup. I don't know, man. And the thing is, how are your boys feeling? Is Debo is going to be all right? Kittle's going to be a little banged up? Kittle, Trent Williams, Kittle's Trent good to Williams. Go. Hold on, I oh, know. I mean, obviously they're all gonna play. No, no Trent, question. Trent, Trent's the only one that I'd say I'm a little worried about. I think he'll do everything possible to give it a go. But the thing but is, is we you, beat. I don't know about you. Need him at a hundred though. If he suits up, I mean, he's still gonna be lining up against Aaron Donald. You gotta I'll, be a hundred for that. I'll t- I will take a seventy five percent Trent Williams any day. We beat the without him. He he did not suit up in that game. Okay, I mean, hey, there you go. That's the thing, though. I, this is a, it's a good game. I, this can be a pound off down in the trenches for sure. Oh, it always is. It always is. And that's what I'm saying. I think if there's any game that Jimmy G cannot completely screw up, it's got to be this one. Do not turn the ball. Last time he turned the ball over two times, if Jimmy G plays carefree, I, I think we have a legitimate shot of pulling this off. But Jimmy G can't do his normal stupid mistakes and throw it into coverage because Jalen Ramsey, I know he wants this bad. I know Aaron Donald wants this more than ever. The Rams are pissed, and that's the only thing that scares me. But the Niners got to play just as pissed off as they are because here's the th- like this is what makes this game so insane is that both teams hate each other that much. You got the whole crowd thing, which I'm going to get to in a minute. And then on top of that, the coaches hate each other. Like, you know, Shanahan Shanahan doesn't give a shit of the fact that we've won six straight games. He would be sick to his damn stomach if Sean McVay beat him with a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And say like, same with Sean McVay. Sean McVay wouldn't give a damn about that win streak, but the fact that Shanahan prevented him from going to a Super Bowl would, like, they hate each other for that. And they I know they're, they're buddies, they're best friends and all that, but, like, they would be sick to their stomach if they lost an opportunity to get to a Super Bowl against each other. There's a whole lot at stake here. And mind you, to top it all off, we saw what SoFi Stadium was in Week 18. It was a Niners home game. I don't think it will be as much as like that, but it will. there will be a lot of Niners faithful in, in this game. But the way that I look at it, and I've been saying this for all season long, I've been saying, well, I was talking about a Rams home Super Bowl. I was talking about a Chargers home Super Bowl. Hell, if the Niners Fair get there. Fair weather fans, man. Those... Those Ram, the LA Rams, uh, like, you know, I mean, this is like too bougie of a, they don't got those fans anymore like that. That's what I'm saying. And I'm thinking to myself, what the hell? I'm like, 
California, if the Niners make it to the Super Bowl, that's going to be a home game for us. And you, I've, and we've already seen what SoFi Stadium is looking like with Niner fans. It is. So the winner of this game basically gets a home. So the Rams literally would get a home Super Bowl. If the Niners win this, they pretty much get a home Super Bowl as well. There is so much freaking ads. I, I don't even know. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited, but like so damn at the same time. It's, it's, it's absolutely killing me. Um, one thing about the Rams I wanted to say, I mean, we've been saying this kind of all years, their lack of run game kind of lets teams back into it, right? They let you guys back into it literally a couple weeks ago. They let Tampa back into it last week. And they kept feeding, you know, who was calling that game? Was it Collinsworth was calling that game? The Ram, Rams Bucks or Niners yeah, Rams? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Michaels and Collinsworth. Yeah, yeah, he was like, oh, you know, Akers fumbled it, but they keep going to Akers to give him his confidence back, and then Akers fumbled again, right? I don't yep. know. I mean, I feel like as a running back, you kind of get the yips, you know? Like, once you fumbled once, you kind of yipped, and then you fumbled twice. Now you kind of, you know, your head's just not in the right space. I was kind of shocked they didn't go to Sony Michelle because I know I've seen a lot of Sony Michelle, man, and that dude balls out in the playoffs. So – if their run game, they just can't put teams away. And if they can't put teams away and you're going to have a running back with the yips, then you got to turn the heels to Sony at one point or another. Sony Michelle w- was killing it the last three, four weeks of the regular season. And I find it strange that, yeah, Cam Akers comes back. Yeah, he looked great against Arizona. But, yeah, I find it interesting that they just went straight up to him. Sony Michelle hardly touched the ball against the Buccaneers on Sunday. I find it very interesting the fact that they did not give him the Sony Michelle the ball. But the thing is again, I trust this Niners team, man. We stopped the run. Like last time we defense played the Rams. Is clicking. Defense is clicking. Last time we played the Rams, like they could not run the ball at all. So I'm not even worried about it. Throw acres, throw Michelle at us. I don't even care. Our run defense is playing at an all time high right now. The only guy on this Rams team, I'm not gonna I'm a little worried about Odell because he's heating up a little bit. But Cooper Cup, if we just take away Cooper Cup, man, I feel so confident. But Cooper Cup just does some things. And here's the thing though Last time, another loss in that game. We didn't have K1 Williams in that game, our, our slot guy. He was out that game. He'll be back in this game. So that makes me feel a little more comfortable in the secondary. But I don't know, man. This can be crazy. And then to the whole ticket situation. So hold up. I got to bring this up because this is some funny-ass stuff right now. So before the Rams, I don't know if you saw You probably saw this. Before the Rams even beat the Buccaneers, on Ticketmaster, the, Lo- the Los Angeles Rams in SoFi Stadium put, put out this little notice when you go to buy tickets for the NFC Championship game, it said public sales to the game at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California will be restricted to residents of the greater Los Angeles region residency. Residency will be based on credit card billing address or check, blah, blah, blah. Orders by residents out, outside of the greater Los Angeles region will be canceled without notice and <laughs> refunds given. I mean, come on, guys. Really? Really? Are you that scared of another Niners faithful takeover? I saw that and I was like, bruh, you got to be joking. You're Let telling alone... me you wouldn't do that, though? I, 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 but come on. Like, what if what if there's Rams fans from St. Louis that wanted to come in for the game? How do you know that? You're, rest- you're restricting more of your own fans to come. It's not our problem that the Niners, that the Niners franchise, there's more fans globally than the Rams are. <laughs> but, like, they got to they – gotta, I don't even know. Man. I thought that was hilarious. It turns out it that is. notice has changed now. So there isn't that notice anymore. Now Either way, the, the Niners fans are going to find their way. Into oh, the they stadium. were going to – absolutely. Absolutely. They, I mean, especially, especially – 
with the it's not like you you know you're competing with Steelers fans or tickets right you know what I mean like the Steelers fans aren't gonna sell those tickets away it no. half of these you know fans that have the games tickets to SoFi Stadium are rich dudes anyways they're like yeah whatever Facts. I don't really care about the game right yeah you want them take them you know like. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. But, I mean, even Joe Staley and Frank Gore were on Twitter after that game and being like, hey, man, if you want to sell the tickets, sell it to us. Not as faithful as on it. Did you hear about what Whitworth's wife did? Yep, yep, I heard all of that. You heard that, that, right? I heard all of that, man. It's a, hey, man, they want to go and do that, go right ahead. I hope it's it's another Niners faithful takeover, and it's going to be loud as hell for the Rams, just as loud as it was in Week 18. And this time, Sean McVay, you won't be caught off guard. I don't know how this guy was always caught off guard. Well, this time you won't. You'll expect it. But man, oh man, this should. There's just there's so much at stake, man. I I I can't believe this can be insane. Both teams have been to the Super Bowl. Both teams have lost in in recent years, and now they get another chance. That will be the nightcap on Sunday at six thirty Eastern time. Bengals Chiefs will be the opening one at three p.m. on CBS. Well. Let's wrap this thing up then, B, shall we, with our predictions for the title games. All right, let's let's start in the AFC here. I'm gonna take uh I'm gonna take Casey in this one. A nice high scoring game as well. 35-31. I, I I think it's gonna be the same. I'm gonna take the Chiefs 30 to 24. I'm rooting for the Bengals. Uh, the Chiefs annoy me so, so, so much. I don't know how many more times they're gonna do this damn thing. I hope the Bengals get it done. But the way Patrick Mahomes is playing right now. Can you really go against this guy? He always finds a way. I'll take the Chiefs 30 to 24. Niners Rams. Niners Rams. I'm 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 riding you guys, man. I picked you the first two weeks. Gotta stick with it. I'm going 49ers taking this one. 24-21. And uh, I'm so nervous for this, man. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take my Niners 23-20. I just this team's never say die. They just gotta keep going, keep plugging it away, force some turnovers, get the staff. And we're going to have a shot to go out and win this game, and I hope we do. But I don't know, man. Any of these matchups to come up, it's 49ers Chiefs. Oh, Lord, have mercy. What's the, mo- what's, the, what's the most matchup you want to see here, though? I, I will, oh, In the Super Bowl. For entertainment-wise, 49ers Chiefs, again, would be absolutely ridiculous. I'm more for a 49ers Bengals matchup just for – first of all, as a Niners fan, I like the matchup. We've beat them already before. Um, so I like that. The fact that we know each other already. The Bengals are a good team. It's a better matchup for us. The Chiefs, I do not like that matchup. The Chiefs scare the living daylights out of me. So I'm not even gonna lie As about they that. Should. And then the Rams and the Chiefs, I would just be bored. Like I don't I don't I don't wanna see that. Like I get it as a football game. Yeah, it's a great game. No, you you'd be you just be hurt. You just be in your fields. That's what but No, Rams, not even, Chiefs. bro. Joe, I'm gonna be straight up honest with you. If it's I've already come to the conclusion, if it's Rams, Chiefs. I hate the Chiefs annoy me so much. I would literally root for the Rams. The Chiefs annoy the shit. Like Matt Stafford, I can get behind. Aaron Donald, I like Aaron Donald. I don't want to have to come to this. God, no, I don't want to have. I don't even want to speak of it. But if worst case scenario, there are more players on the Rams that I that I would that I would like to see win than see the stupid Chiefs win again. I'm honest to God. But yeah, no, no, no doubt. I'd just be sick to my stomach. Hey, you remember that regular season game they had like? Last year was it, or the year uh, before that? When two, it, actually, it was three years ago. Three years ago, twenty eighteen. When it went crazy, remember that? Yep. You know yep. what I'm yep. about? Yep. Fifty four, fifty one. absolute madness. And I think I think the NFL wants that matchup. Like they want that matchup. That you got imagine. Mahomes. Imagine if the NFL lost Rodgers, Brady, and Mahomes in the same weekend. <laughs> oh my goodness. 
That would be too much, man. That would be too much. That would be crazy. But the NF, the the NF, yeah, that would, that would be ridiculous. And oh no, before we end up, we got we do got to talk about the Rogers thing a little bit. But I just. I don't know, man. I think the NFL wants Chiefs. You got all the stars. You got Odell. You got Mahomes. You got Tyree. The NFL wants Rams Chiefs. No doubt about it. Niners Chiefs, because it was a rematch two years ago, I think that would live up to a lot. No one really cares about the Bengals, except for the Bengals fans. But the Bengals are good. They're a good team. And I think any of these matchups would be would be fun to watch. I think Rams-Bengals is probably the least attractive of, of all the other matchups. But I don't know, man. We'll see. I think Rams Chiefs is what the NFL wants. Niners Chiefs, I think, would just be a absolutely ridiculous match, a rematch. I think that must needed rematch. And then you got Bengals Niners, which I really like. Again, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, just for the history and the nostalgia. The Niners won their first Super Bowl against Cincy. The John Madden thing, like you said, a lot of that old, would be that would be crazy. That would be that's crazy. the thing. A lot of old nostalgic thing. And who do I, we don't know what Al Michaels' future is. This, this could be his last game calling a game, or who the hell knows, right? I like the whole nostalgic thing of 49ers Bengals. I really do like that. Um, but we'll see what happens, man. It, this could go anyway. I hope it's not. I don't want to speak it to existence. I don't want the 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 Niners gonna go out there and beat the Rams, but we'll see that. And then so before we end off, let's go back to the Aaron Rodgers thing real quick. So I, I Rodgers is such a strange ass thing. Like he, he goes on McAfee today, starts talking up all, all that stuff about, you know, maybe I'll come back, I'll take some time off. I I just think Rodgers He's such a strange bird. Like, I thought he was done this past offseason. I thought he wasn't going to come back to Green Bay, and yet he did. So, so I don't really know what to believe at this point. You know what was weird was before the game, he posted that thing of uh, Mike and Pippen, right? Kind of like alluding to last dance because Devontae Adams is a free agent too or something. Uh, yep. Right? You saw that? Yep. And then you go out and you have that pathetic effort, which is like you only scored 10 points. Um, I don't know. Like, he's impossible to figure out. The thing is, like, he acts like he doesn't care, like at all. But like, he just wants to be in the attention too. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I have no guess with this dude. I can't imagine him coming back to Green Bay though. I, I just don't think Green Bay needs it. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I honestly think Green Bay fans don't even want him there anymore either. Like, it's gotten to the point where like it's it's just with Green Bay and. Rodgers is there. They've tried it over and over again, and they just need to turn things over to Jordan Love. But then I've also heard a lot of people say, well, Jordan Love didn't really inspire us a lot yeah. this season. So they're like, well, what do we do at quarterback? The Packers are in a little bit of a, a bind here because I don't I don't know. The whole Rodgers thing's a little iffy. The whole Jordan Love thing's a little iffy. Devontae Adams, I don't know if he's coming back. Uh, you know, Darius Smith, I think, is a free agent. I don't know. The, the Packers, there's a lot of things up in the air. But all I gotta say is, if I'm if I'm the rest of the NFC North, I'm jumping for joy right now. If Aaron mm. Rodgers leaves the NFC North, and, and you know, go go ahead. He yo he want he made them get all these dudes like Randall Cobb come back. Like, what did Randall Cobb do on Sunday? Like he nothing. I don't understand. Yeah, no, absolutely nothing. And again, you know, again, I'm not trying to be a homer by saying this, but I am, you know, being honest here. Like, I know everyone's talking about the Packers and they, the Packers needed to do more. They didn't do anything. How about the Niners defense? Like, they went out there and they stopped. They took away and they got to Aaron Rodgers. That, that second him. drive fumble, I thought on that second drive, they already scored on their first drive. They sacked you on the third and whatever. Second drive, they're coming back down. They're already in your territory. Yep. Like, they score seven here. It's a wrap. And yep. then there was a fumble and then, you know, changed the game. Yeah, that's what I'm well, saying. How about, how about this? The Packers, think, think, think about this. The Packers have had 
Brett Favre straight into Aaron Rodgers. Like, you go from a Hall of Fame quarterback straight into another Hall of Fame quarterback. That's like, what, 30 years of Hall of Fame play, and you have two Super Bowls from that? Green Bay and New Orleans are going into uncharted territory right now, right? The, 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 the Saints have been spoiled for the last decade with Drew Brees. Right now, they're like, well, and Shane Sean Payton, and now they don't have either. The Packers have been spoiled with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, two Hall of Famers, two of the best to ever do it. And they don't know what life is like without either of them. I don't even think, I think, I'm going to be honest with you, Matt LaFleur is probably thinking, well, shit, I've had a chance to go all the way three years in a row now with Aaron Rodgers. Hell no, I don't want him to leave. I don't want to go through a, like a rebuild here. I'm that close. Look at Shanahan and McVay are, are playing for a shot to go to another Super Bowl. Matt LaFleur hasn't been to one. You don't think he's like itching to be back in that conversation? He is too. But the one thing that's been in my mind is, what about the NFC, B? The AFC is all Mahomes, Allen, Lamar, right? Burrow, Herbert, like you... That is right. Big Ben was the last right, of, like, of the oldies. He's done now. The AFC has turned the page onto a new era, and boy as hell does it look competitive as ever for the next 10 years. You got five, six, seven quarterbacks that are good. Under really 25, good. man. Like, yeah, young as hell. Young as hell. So, you know, right, Ravens, Bengals, Bills, Chiefs, Chargers, like they're going to be fighting each you're other. You're fighting for basically, if you're anybody else, you're fighting for two playoff spots for the rest of the 10 years. No doubt. And if your boy Mac, you know, t- takes a leap next year, add him into that conversation too. The AFC is loaded, but the NFC, Anybody's I don't, game. See, I don't why... see anybody in there. If Rodgers and Brady retire, well, eventually they will. Like like we talked about, if Brady comes back, well, you're great. He has one more year. But beyond that, look, the Rams are going to be there. I mean, I don't know about the Rams. They, they, they got a real win now team. The Niners are moving on to Trey Lance. I'm looking, as a Niner fan, I'm looking at him like, holy damn, this could be our conference to roll for the next God knows how many years. We got our quarterback who's 20 years old. And I the mean, rest of our supporting cast is in our prime. But hold on. This is the thing. I'm like, if I'm Green Bay, I'm like, screw Aaron. Then I can drop Aaron Rodgers because of that reason. Because I'm still going to win my division no matter who's that quarterback. I mean, what's going Minnesota can't win, ever win more than nine games. Yeah, Chicago, we'll see. who's whatever. And then Detroit. I mean, like. This is a perfect time just to like reset and you'll still, you know, you're not going to reset too far. You know what I'm saying? No, absolutely. And it's fine. I was watching the same thing on, on Good Morning Football today and they were talking about the exact same thing. And But here's that. They said the exact same thing you just said of how you, you run it back with Green Bay. You, it's, a, it's, it's another 13-3 and three season and you're in the playoffs. But here's my thing. The Packers haven't figured out how to win in the playoffs for a decade. Under McCarthy, they couldn't figure it out. Under LaFleur, they haven't figured it out. They have been a letdown in the playoffs. So what's the point of running it back with Green Bay? Great. We're going to go 13-3, and three, number one seed. Make the playoffs, and boom, you're done. That's my thing with Aaron Rodgers. Like, great. Yeah, you get, a, you get an automatic – you, you get a 17-week by – 17 bye weeks to get to the playoffs, but then you lose in the playoffs. That's my thing with Rodgers. I think he needs a fresh slate, go somewhere else with a new co- – now, Denver is looking for a new coach. I think that will have a lot to play in that regard, too, of what that coach wants to do. Pittsburgh, I think, would be perfect. No, nah, you think so? I don't think he could play for Tomlin. I don't think he could play for Tomlin, but now, I'll be honest with you. He has I've a been... mutual respect for him, though. But now, I, don't, I just don't, like, even last year I was hearing, oh, what if he went to the Patriots? I'm like, yeah, you know, you ever have you ever heard that comparison where, like, oh, if Rodgers had Belichick, he would have won more than Brady. I'm like, Aaron Rodgers could never last under Belichick. 
Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. I don't think Rod. Then again, Tomlin also put up with AB for God knows how many years. Like it's a it's how Tomlin can do. Tomlin's also put up with Juju for the last few years. I think he could do it. The thing is, Mike Tomlin's not going to put up with a rebuild. You know what I'm saying? Tomlin wants to go. I I know him. Like he's he's near the end of his career, so he does not want to want to go. He, he wants to keep this championship win. They got a defense that's really damn good. They need a quarterback. I'm not going to lie. I've kept this in my mind. I'm like, listen, Jimmy G has done so much for our organization. We better send him to a good team. And I've had Pittsburgh in the back of my mind. And I'm like, dude, that would be a perfect freaking fit to send Jimmy Garoppolo to Pittsburgh. They don't need Jimmy G to do a whole lot. Game manage. That is what Jimmy G does best. He can open your championship window an extra four or five yards. They have a defense. They got Najee. They have a coach. I'm just saying, I don't know about Rodgers, but I'm th- I've kept that Garoppolo thing in the back of my mind, and I'm like, that could be an awesome fit for him. But I'm hoping we extend Garoppolo's thing. We're not talking about this for another two weeks, of course. But I've had that back of my mind. I don't think Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, I, I think they'll be in the in the QB market. Maybe Russell Wilson. Like, I, I don't know what this QB market's going to look like, but there's no way in hell to me. I don't know about you, but I don't think Mike Tomlin is settling for a rebuild. He wants to find a quarterback that can extend this championship window. Definitely not. It's the Steelers. They don't. Some teams just don't rebuild. If anything, rebuild, yeah. it's, it's it's a one-year reset, you know? Exactly. This team do losing. Like, even this year, they still win nine games and sneak into the playoffs with, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, who was, like, nowhere to be, like, any of us could have, could have quarterbacked the Pittsburgh Steelers and done that. And Roethlisberger and the Steelers still made the playoffs. The Steelers are still looking to do that. They don't do losing in Pittsburgh. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. And it'll be interesting to see what Aaron Rodgers does there and what the fate. It's going to be a wild offseason, but we still got a few more weeks left of football, and we'll see what happens come next week as we'll be previewing Super Bowl 56. We got two weeks to talk about that. Will my Niners be there? Will the Rams be there? Chiefs or the Bengals? We'll find out on Sunday. That'll do it from this week's episode of Baller Island. Enjoy Championship Sunday, folks. Should be a good one. And catch us back next week when we will be recapping Championship Sunday and previewing Super Bowl 56. Thank you for listening to another episode of Baller Island. we got a lot more football and basketball content coming your way, so keep it locked. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis.